from gut-wrenching Pueblo, Colorado, it's another thrilling episode of Carrie Fox Live. A profit is no longer considered uh, enough. It has to continually increase every single order. That is what the mindset is, and that is what Wall Street does. And now we're at the point where they're buying off our representatives, where they're buying off our uh, senators, our congressmen. For four decades, the Gaddafi regime ruled the Libyan people with an iron fist. Basic human rights were denied, innocent civilians were detained, beaten, and killed, and Libya's wealth was squandered. So how do we, okay, here's the, here's the dilemma. How do we figure a way, now this is the GOP dilemma, all right? Stay with me on this. How do we figure a way to not give the president credit for getting rid of Gaddafi? It's Carrie Fox Live, a futile attempt to promote truth and common sense in a world gone mad. Just being my drunken stupor pontificating upon the hypocrisies of our times. Futilely, in fact, futilely, in fact. <laughs> and the pain looks on the, the faces of our, our nation's leaders, are, well, some of them, not a, not a lot of them, but some of them, uh, all Republicans. And I saw John McCain on, on the tube yesterday and his reaction, and his reaction to the death of Muammar Gaddafi. Now, keep in mind, keep in mind, John McCain, the last time he had anything to do with Muammar Gaddafi, he was visiting Muammar Gaddafi, praising Muammar Gaddafi, along with a couple of other Republicans. And you've got to go to Libya, go to the palace, you want to talk to the great leader, the deluded great leader is what you want to do if you're a Republican. And over the years, I made the point yesterday online, I was in chat with somebody, and I made, made the point that uh, over the years... Republicans appeased, well, they appeased him, and they got photo opportunities with him, with Muammar. And uh, it took a Democrat, a Democrat that everyone says is against America, a Democrat that everyone says is a socialist that's, that's rooting the country and trying to destroy America, deliberately trying to destroy America. And now he's got a track record, unlike any Republican president in recent times. He's got a track record against terror, uh, better than uh, well, better than George W. Bush, which, which isn't saying a lot, mind you. That's not saying a lot because they've been going, operating for years. Well, he kept us safe. He kept us safe. George W. Bush. There wasn't another attack. Well, okay. So we had one devastating terror attack in eight years during the Bush presidencies. All right. Uh, that's uh, what. What is that? That's one more than most, uh, most presidents, isn't it? I, I think it is, yes. And so, and of course, we've heard it claimed that it didn't happen on his watch. It wasn't his fault. He, he, now, here he is during his presidency, and the attack on 911 isn't his fault, but it's his credit that this president, Barack Obama, got the guy that he couldn't get. I mean, it's, he gets credit for that, but he doesn't get any fault for 911, which happened on his watch. I love this stuff. You, got, you can't make this up. And so what we've got to figure out is how we can discredit the president, President Obama, and credit, I mean, the Republicans going out of their way uh, to credit France. 
head of the President of the United States, who's, who's uh, compiling a fairly impressive track record uh, via foreign policy and in getting the bad guys. Now, my goodness, I was nine years old. Nixon was president when Muammar Gaddafi took over Libya, and it was a monarchy. It was a monarchy before that. They say it was a long, dark thing. 42 years of Muammar Gaddafi, but they graduated to that dictatorship from a monarchy when the king was out of the country getting medical treatment. Nine years old. I remember I remember the report. I remember the news report. Walter Cronkite. It was the last story in his newscast that night. Walter Cronkite, I remember that. And nine years old. And I, I paid attention to stuff like that. You see, I watched the Watergate hearings while everyone else was out playing and doing stuff, you know. So I've always been weird that way. But I remember it's been a long time, 42 years for Muammar Gaddafi and how many Republican presidents? One, two, let's see, we had three, four, five. Five Republican presidents. Now, I don't believe anyone did anything to Muammar uh, since Reagan. I could be wrong about that. I think it was since Reagan that last time we, the United States actually did something to Muammar Gaddafi over the Gulf of Sidra, if I'm not mistaken. So I, anyway... It took Barack Obama, the President of the United States, the guy who hates America, to get rid of most of America's enemies recently and doing it better than any other president so far. So what we've got to do is we've got to figure out how to give George W. Bush credit for the uh, capture kill of Muammar Gaddafi now and the liberation of Libya. We've got to give, somehow Bush did that. All right, He's not President, but somehow he did that. <laughs> Gruesome stuff, too. I uh, Early yesterday, of course, up early uh, before it happened, uh, just like any other news day, and I'm going um, from channel to channel, and I noticed that there's a flash that Muammar Gaddafi had been captured. And from there, it was just, what the hell happened? Nobody knows, but he's dead after that. It, it, all day, and who killed him and whatnot. Uh, you heard later on about a NATO strike, and... Then you heard later on that it was a U.S. Predator drone that uh, carried out the, the strike near CERT and, at a convoy, which I've heard is anywhere from 15 vehicle was 15 vehicles to 80 vehicles. I heard it was as many as 100 vehicles. And then when they uh, came under attack, they broke up. And just by some happenstance, the Predator drone got the part of the convoy that Muammar Gaddafi was in. So they were disabled, Momar was hit, and Momar was in trouble. And from there, now we know that he went to hide under a sewer drain. Now there are two videos, two of them. Uh, one of them shows Momar Gaddafi, allegedly Momar Gaddafi. He's got blood on him, but he's still walking around, and he's being propped up a, against a truck, and then he's being put on the truck. And the next, next video you see, he's dead. He's dead, and no one knows what happened. You've heard a million stories in between that those two videos, and then you've heard a million stories afterward, but it's starting to take shape that he was, it was attacked, the convoy was attacked by a U.S. Predator drone. It just happened to get the car that Muammar Gaddafi was in near CERT, and Muammar Gaddafi tried to flee on foot but was surrounded by uh, rebels on the ground. The video shows he's surrounded, and he's alive one minute, and then the next time you see Muammar Gaddafi, he's dead. And they say he got shot in a crossfire. He died on his way to a hospital. 
Uh, he uh, was shot in both legs. I don't know how that's possible if he was standing upright. He had a hairpiece that got yanked off of him and, and, and just surrounded by rebels, and you, you put the two together. Uh, there's another story also that, and I saw, thought I saw this in Reuters, that uh, one of the rebels had gotten a hold of Muammar Gaddafi's gun, which was his golden gun, believe it or not. That's right, a golden gun, and shot Muammar Gaddafi with his own golden gun. That's another story that's circulating as well. But it, it's obvious, pretty fa- fairly obvious, that he was alive when the rebels got him, and then, then uh, shortly later, shortly thereafter, he was being paraded and kicked around the street dead. So, but dead nonetheless, however it, it occurred. But a million stories in between. And here's the rest of what the president had to say. Today we can definitively say that the Gaddafi regime has come to an end. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. The last major regime strongholds have fallen. That's a good point. The new government is consolidating the control over the country. I mean, considering he's dead. One of the you world's longest-serving dictators is no All right, all right. Okay, come on. One year ago, the notion of a free <laughs> Libya seemed impossible. But then the Libyan people rose up and demanded their rights. They rose up. Oh, when Gaddafi and his forces started going city to city, town to, by town, to brutalize men, women, and children, the world refused to stand idly by. That's right. Faced with the potential of mass atrocities. Mass atrocities. And a call for help from the Libyan people. It was a call for help. The United States and our friends and allies stopped Gaddafi's forces in their tracks. A coalition that included the United States, NATO, and Arab nations persevered through the summer to protect Libyan civilians. And meanwhile, the courageous Libyan people fought for their own future and broke the back of the regime. All right. Well, I'd say that's a fairly accurate description of events. Uh, And, of course, he got heavily criticized. Here we go. Again, another country. Now, here we are in two countries because of the previous president and the events that occurred that got us into two previous countries. And they're going to criticize the president, after a call for help from the Libyan people who were under threat of massacre, the in, in fact, it wasn't just the United States, uh, it, as it is pretty much in Afghanistan, and as it pretty much was, except for Costa Rica, countries like that, and Poland, I believe, was on our side in Iraq. So we have we have the coalition of the willing there. Well, this is the coalition of the necessary in a region, the Mediterranean region, where uh, you... You, you could have a lot of people get killed who shouldn't otherwise have to die. So there you are. It took, two, what, it took several months, $2 billion. We didn't lose any American troops. And we got rid of Muammar Gaddafi. And it just pains the hell out of the Republicans. You saw a clip yesterday of uh, Mitt Romney, a clip of Mitt Romney uh, avoiding answering the questions as to whether the president deserves credit for getting Gaddafi something no Republican president could ever do. And so it is something the Republicans have been saying they wanted until recently they just sort of decided to, that they could live with Muammar Gaddafi in the world. And they did. And they got photo ops and they made deals and it was great. They praised him. Anyway, and, and now John McC- and you saw John McCain on television. Does the president deserve credit? Giving credit to the French. And the British. And then that Marco Rubio character, the uh, baby-faced guy out of Florida, a senator. And he's, um, and he's praising France as well. 
praising France. These people, wasn't it France that they didn't like France? And that, isn't that where freedom fries came from? They didn't want to have French fries? <laughs> okay. But let's praise them now because otherwise you'd have to give the president credit. Thoroughly amazing stuff. All right, and this is just foreign policy. But you don't want to pay attention to any of this because Barack Obama, the president, he's a socialist, he's uh, trying to destroy the country, et cetera, et cetera. And, of course, he's ruining the economy, too. He's ruining the economy, too. Yes, he is. And we're going to talk about that. And just in case any, any baggers happen to be listening, I want to talk to you today. Oh, yes. Are you ready for your order? Cheeseburger? Do you want a soft drink? Give me a diet. Do you want to add a large fry? Uh, Tell me, what do you think? Sure, I'll take some fries. I've got a burger, some fries, a drink. Is that right? Yep. Pull up to the window and have a good night. Thanks. Have you heard of the Romney rule? It's pretty simple. Mitt Romney believes millionaires like him are entitled to pay taxes at a lower rate than teachers, cops, or construction workers. Romney is worth as much as $250 million, but he only paid about 14% in federal taxes last year. That's less than what many middle-class American families pay. American families who are struggling to make ends meet. And while Romney doesn't want millionaires like him to pay a nickel more, he doesn't see the big deal with letting taxes go up by $1,000 for hardworking Americans. That's the Romney rule. Lower taxes for millionaires like Mitt. More pain for middle-class folks like us. It's time to repeal the Romney rule. Sign the petition at theromneyrule.com.
What happens when you have people who uh, run for office who believe that government is the problem as opposed to a solution? What are they running for? What are they running for? Are they running to, to get government to help anyone in America, any single person, any group of people? No, they don't want that. They don't want Social Security for the old people. They don't want Medicare for, for older and sick people. They don't want Medicaid for poor people. They don't want any of this. So they want to get into office to eliminate, eliminate. They're not trying to find out how any of this can work better. They're not trying to find out how they can help people via the government because they think the government can't help anyone. The government can only do one thing, according to these people, and that's wage war. Now, there are some of them who argue that that's all it's supposed to do, and there are some of them who argue that that's all it can do well. Everything else, it screws up. Everything else gets screwed up by government according to the Republicans, and especially according to the baggers. Now, in the case of the baggers, you put people into office who think government's evil, and they want to get rid of it. They want to get rid of it. They want to cut services for people, and they only want to get, they only want to get rid of government to the extent that it excludes the American people, not business. And the arguments made over and over again by baggers, yes, if you're a bagger and you're listening, you, that government should be run like a business. Via with business. For one thing, baggers don't care about are definitions of words. Now, I know they don't want to spell them. They don't know how to spell them in a lot of cases, but they, they don't care what the definition is. So they use words like rogue. Oh, she's going rogue. And that's supposedly a good thing. Only if you look at the definition of rogue, it's a bad thing. It's a bad person. And it, it ironically fits Sarah Palin to a T. So... They don't care about that, though. It means something else. It means something else, something out there, something up there. I don't know. But they don't care about words. And they seem to equate freedom and capitalism and democracy and business all in one thing. And in austerity, you got to throw that in there, too. 
These are all the same thing. And so they, that's right. Democracy and capitalism are the same thing according to these people. So what you've got is an invasion of government by capitalism and to the detriment of the American people because they're not the same thing. Capitalism is business, and business is purely self-interested. Purely self-interested. A democracy, a government, is not a business. It's not a person. It's people, and it's people who have a say. I mean, if you're uh, running government like a business, well, what, what does that make us but employees? Because someone's going to be running the store, and they want capitalism, big business, i.e. big business, to run the store. A purely self-interested entity which will uh, write laws and then buy off congressmen to pass them in order to get its way. That's how self-interested big business is. And it's capitalism. And that's fine to the extent that you can keep it from infiltrating your democracy. Well, a democracy is people. You're not an employee. You're a citizen of this democracy. Democracy and capitalism are not the same thing. We're the boss in a democracy. (laughs) And we're not if big business is running the government. So try to define the words. Try to understand where they come from. Capitalism, democracy, over here, over there. Try to distinguish them, baggers, if you can, if you're capable. But to a large extent, what I've learned is that they're not capable of understanding this. These are people who have become politically active fairly recently, in the last five to ten years. And they, they, they love fear, and they love to scare each other. And they love to live in fear and react to things that they think are going to happen that aren't happening. It's crazy stuff. And they, and they don't even care about the words or the definition of the words used by the Founding Fathers, but they think they're like the Founding Fathers. The Founding Fathers, from James Madison, Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, all of them, all of them knew how to, they knew the English language very well. They were very well educated and knew what words meant. And they cared what words meant, unlike the bagger movement. Unlike the bagger movement. So here we have a a myriad of of things. It's been relentless against the American people, absolutely relentless. Because we have a deficit, because taxes were cut for rich people, because they believed that would create jobs, which it did not. Because of that now, we have to deal with less revenue. And when you have less revenue, you have... Uh, the go-below expenses, you have a deficit. It's been created by the Republican Party, this deficit. Wouldn't be there. Wouldn't be there if if not for the tax cut for rich people twice in 2001 and 2003. But Bush was president then, so it wasn't his fault. It wasn't his watch. Had to be Clinton. Had to be Clinton. And the closer you get to the Barack Obama administration, the more it has to be Barack Obama. So here we've got some suggestions here that the Republicans, some things the Republicans are trying to do. They're actually think this this is going to help. You you want people to vote Republican? You have to have an uneducated, uneducated population. So what do you do? You cut help for people trying to go to college. You cut Pell Grants. You cut education. Hell, you get rid of the education department and let people be educated on a tractor in a cornfield. Well, they could go to the library. That's what I did. Who has it said that? Glenn Beck? Now you got Paul Ryan telling people that it's unsustainable. It's unsustainable to help people go to college. 
And it's unsustainable because there isn't enough money because of the deficit, because of the tax cuts for rich people that George W. Bush gave us or gave them. <laughs> That's what we're saddled with. That's where the debt comes from. And a student at a town hall with Paul Ryan, R, Wisconsin, at uh, his town hall and telling him, that, look, I can't, I, I'm working as many jobs as I can to go to college full time. And Paul Ryan telling me, well, it's unsustainable, we can't help you. And there isn't the money there because of the deficit. That's, and the budget cuts, it just isn't there because of that. Well, thank you very much. And yes, we do. And, and then we've got Senator Session here. What is his big pet peeve? Senator Sessions are Alabama. Alabama. Things are simple in Alabama. Senator Sessions, what does he want to do at the height? We're in the midst still of this economic downturn. That, well, it isn't turning down anymore. It's just not going up. And if it was as down as it was when the Bush administration started it, we'd be in a lot worse shape. We might even be in that full-fledged depression. We might have lost the auto industry. Sessions wants to cut. What is he? What, what, who's, who's hurting poor people? What are they having problems with feeding their families? Let's cut food stamps. Let's cut food stamps. You've got to listen to this. This is amazing. No program in our government yeah, has served yeah, yeah. out of control more dramatically than food stamps, and nothing is being done at nothing. it. Nothing. Oh. Nobody's looking under the hood. Isn't it horrible? Uh, it will, it's horrible. It has doubled in the last three years. Right. It has uh, quadrupled right. from $20 billion to $80 billion in the last 10 years. Oh. Uh, when it started, it was one in 50 people on the food stamp program. Now it's one in seven. Oh, my God. Uh, Lottery winners, a multi-million dollar lottery winners are getting food stamps lottery because winners, the money is considered yes. to be an asset, not an income. One of the fast and furious gun buyers who spent hundreds of thousands of oh, dollars buying illegal shut weapons up. Uh, was but, but on hold food on. stamps. For, for every, so for, I'm for telling every, you, shut up. For, for every lottery winner that has food stamps, there's probably a lot more people who really need them that have them, right? Right. Well, look, do you think there are four <laughs> times as many people need food stamps today as they did uh, in, in 2001? Well, yeah, uh, duh, yeah, they do. Yes, yes, it is, it's quadrupled since uh, what, 2001. Duh, what happened back then? What happened back then? Didn't we cut regulations? Didn't we cut government? Didn't we cut taxes for rich people? In the George W. Bush administration, it correlates with that 2001 thing. And since then, since then... What has happened? What has happened since then? What happened during eight years of the Bush administration? Hmm? <laughs> A duh, Senator. Yes, it has. That's because more people are in trouble because of the economy, because of what they did, what you did, to the economy in supporting George W. Bush and austerity and, and smaller government and, and all of these things that, that treat the American people like crap so you can uh, enrich big business abroad. Thank you very much. Yes, but it's not hard to correlate the two. I mean, they, there's a correlation there, don't you think, Senator? Uh, duh. That's amazing stuff. I'm sorry, amazing stuff. Let's not cut anything for big business during tough times. No, but let's cut, let's cut food stamps as uh, jobs are eliminated or or outsourced, or corporations put their money offshore, and they don't create any, any jobs at all. And what about the ones who are working? What about those working poor? What are we going to do with them? They continue to be a problem to people who have all the money. The one percenters who have, 
who own everything in this country. And, yeah, we got to do something about it. What, what, what about, where else can we cut? Where else, what else can we do to keep them down and to keep them from costing us money? I mean, we got to pay their wages, for heaven's sake, too. We don't want to give them a parking space or, or a, a day off, no. And we surely don't want to pay them when they're sick. And uh, corporations now, uh, through ALEC, if you're familiar with ALEC, Recently, a, a string of cities and states have passed new ordinances that would require paid sick days for employees at certain employers. Uh, just last week, for instance, Philadelphia City Council passed the second version of a paid sick leave bill after the mayor vetoed the earlier one. Uh, Seattle uh, approved paid sick days uh, legislation. Connecticut became the first state with a statewide requirement. And now the Center for Media and Democracy, PR Watch, has published an expose of how the American Legislative Exchange Council, that's ALEC, and what ALEC is is a corporate front group that farms out legislation uh, to almost a third of state legislators nationwide. They're ready to sign legislation that they want. And it's drafting, they're drafting legislation now on behalf of the wealthy conglomerate funders to repeal ordinances that protect people who get sick and give them the, the paid sick days. Just uh, basically everywhere and anywhere that workers might be protected, either, either through a union or through government, they want to get rid of it in order to control. They want disposable employees, disposable. And they don't want their, well, and they don't even want employees. Everyone's an associate, a representative now. There are no longer employees because the word, the very word employee has the connotation of some sort of loyalty being necessary between the business and the employee. So they're changing that to representatives, to agents, that sort of thing. To change the word, you change what it is. An employee is too powerful of a word for people who work at corporations. So they're getting, they've been doing that for a long time now. And just every single place that working people need a break or have a break, they either want to take it away or they want to stop it from happening. That is, it's systemic, and I've never seen an assault like this in my life. It's been absolutely continual. They, they want to blame, essentially, poor people of this country for all of the trouble we're having. Had nothing to do with them, had nothing to do with the Republicans, George W. Bush, or taxes being cut for rich people, the deficit, none of that. Just let, it, let the corporations have it, because you see, democracy and capitalism are the same thing. This is why we love America. We love America, for it's capitalism. It's capitalism. It has nothing to do with democracy, freedom, or even a republic. Not even a republic. It doesn't have anything to do. It has to do with corporations running America, buying off our reps, all of that. And, they, and just to show you how wackadoodle you baggers are, if you're a bagger and you're listening, I mean, that's, that's just if... I, I don't know what to say to you. I don't know what you have that you can say to me that I, I need to hear that, that, that's true, that, that has any weight. You have no weight in any of your arguments. None of them. And here's another one. They love America. Uh, business should be left alone. They love, they love their country. They, they don't want to hurt their country. We already know that's crap. We already know that's pure, unadulterated crap. We've been through the debt ceiling debate, and that's where we learn just how much they love America. And, we're, and now we have another example, yet another example, these people who love America so much. One Tea Party group urging small businesses now not to hire a single person 
so that they can hurt President Obama's popularity even more. Get him out of office. Get back in. Save America. Get their country back. One, uh, this, just, just to be fair, this is one group, uh, Tea Party Nation, uh, sent a message to uh, their members. And uh, this is from uh, conservative activist Melissa Brookstone. It's called, uh, it's titled, I should say, Call for a Strike of American Small Businesses Against the Movement for Global Socialism. So you got to have a fear factor in there. And she's urging people, not businesses, not to hire anyone to protest this new dictator. Dictator. Brookstone uh, cites Democrats' support of the Occupy Wall Street movement as proof that Obama, media elites, and the like are against business, private property ownership, and capitalism. (laughs) Although she fails to explain how a freeze on hiring would send a bold pro-business message, given that such a boycott would further damage the economy and exacerbate high national unemployment. This from people who love America. And, of course, uh, you naturally wish they didn't love America. Stupid people, you just wish stupid people did not love America quite so freaking much. These people are nuts. They're going to get us all killed. Carrie Fox Live, brought to you by frugalandfree.com. Check them out on Facebook. Check them out at Twitter, at frugalandfree. Carrie Fox Live. Also, you can find us on iTunes. Just search for us there. We're in the store. It's free. doesn't cost a cent. And we're at Facebook, Carrie Fox Live. Also on Twitter, at Carrie Fox Live. Follow us there and join in the conversation. We'd certainly appreciate it. You can do that at Facebook, too, at the Carrie Fox Live Facebook page. All right? Thank you very much for letting me spew as I do. Until next time, this is Carrie Fox saying... Don't screw around with me. I think it's a sin because of my biblical beliefs. And although people don't agree with me, I happen to think that it is a choice. Do you believe that? I believe that. Do you believe people wait? Seriously, you think people get to a certain age and go, I think I want to be homosexual. Let me turn it around to you. What does science show? You show me evidence other than opinion, and you might cause me to reconsider that. I just think it's a load of old claptrap, Herman. (laughs) The idea that anyone... Where's the the evidence?